The purpose for tonight was to tie together some of the content that we've recently been going through. And you know, I think it's pretty evident that prices are going up out there for a lot of people. And there are, there are a number of cost pressures that we're all gonna face next year, um, especially in households rather than just individually because interest rates are starting to go up. So I thought, why don't we get together uh, for those people who wanted to and we can spitball some ideas around how we're actually gonna, gonna go about making some extra money. And I know it can be really daunting for a lot of people. So I wanted to put it together into a, um, a really easy sort of formula that people can follow and, and go away and have a bit of a crack at. So this isn't designed to be technical or complicated. Uh, but it is designed to be a little bit of a kick up the ass for all of us so that we all end up going uh, into 2022 and actually have some ideas around how we could make some extra money uh, and what we could do with that money and why we'd even want to do that and, and hear from other people what they might be doing as well and try and show you ways that we can break it down and keep it really, really simple. So we'll get into these slides. Um, basically, what we're going to go over tonight is setting a goal so that you know the exact amount that you want to make and then some ways to make some more money, how to track the progress every month, why you might not succeed, and then thinking beyond the money, what are you doing with that money? So this is a pretty proven formula as such that we work through with our business owner clients where we help them set a goal of what it is that they want to achieve over a time period and then actually break it down as to how they're going to go about doing it. So this is no different for you and I when it comes to our own personal finances so it should be very very simple and it will be some takeaways so hopefully you've got a pad and a pen handy as well um, because i do want you to take some notes and if you're stuck then we can have a bit of q a at the end as well now before we dive too deep into it this is something that i put into all of the webinars and that is making a, a very big point that you know the responsibility is is yours and I'll run through this, this slide here. So right now we're the sum of all of our total life choices. Sometimes that's a hard pill for us to swallow. I've definitely been in places in my life where I haven't been too happy with where I'm at, but no, deep down, it's because of the decisions that I've been making or some of the actions that I've been taking. I'm sure you can all relate to that. And our past results are our responsibility. Our future results are also our responsibility. So accepting this and taking full responsibility for it is a, a really good place to get to. And we run through this model of our clients around ownership, accountability, and responsibility, trumping, blaming, making excuses, and denying things every time. So that's basically what it's called as the above the line mentality. So the above the line mentality is the ownership, accountability, and taking uh, responsibility. It's a very famous model called Orbed. Below the line is blame, excuse, deny. And basically, when we want to take action and make progress we're living above the line we want to take ownership of things have some accountability have some responsibility um when things aren't going too good for us it's very easy for us to blame other people make excuses deny that things are possible and i guess what i want you to understand and what we teach business owners about is that our brains are actually hard wired to keep us below the line um, we want to blame other people we want to make excuses we want to deny things that's just what our brains do so sometimes you have to notice that in yourself or the people that you're spending time with and, and see if they're living above the line or below the line and it's something if you focus some time on it you can really change some of the results that you'll be having uh, in your life it's a pretty cool concept to understand but i just put it here as well just because it is fashionable you don't need to find significance in being a victim i was reading about this recently where it's quite popular and almost fashionable to have a story about how uh, you're a victim and that's all good and well if it serves you well but if it's not looking after you then it's not necessarily a good good place to be so be careful you know how long you're going to hold on to to that concept of being a victim or, or having something in your past that's potentially going to stop you being able to change your finances or you didn't go to the right school or you didn't come from the right type of family all those types of things because you know, if, if we want to, we'll believe those things and we'll stay there and they will become our excuses and then we'll blame other people and we'll live below the line. So we don't want to pass that on to other people in our friends, family and children. I know that you understand this stuff because that's probably why you've subscribed to Keep the Change because you're keen to do some learning. But something that I'm always keen to get into and explain a little bit more of because it's powerful stuff. But 
you would have seen this in one of the Keep the Change emails too. And that's a recent survey shows that 20% of Kiwis could last just one week or less if they lost their job. We're not very good savers in New Zealand. Things have changed a little bit since COVID because it's woken a few of us up to think, well, maybe I should be doing things a little bit differently. Um, and we think that only 5% of people have enough money to last for six to 12 months. And so we've become trapped in our jobs as such if we were or did want to change. Um, so the, the value of actually building that emergency fund and having some spare cash there is very, very important for us to give us options. And there's a lot of debt out there and household debt, um, which we've been talking about recently as well. And a lot of us have got our own debt in different ways. And, and it's good if we can use it um, for its right purposes, but might just unmute Malcolm there. So we want to find new forms of income to build up emergency funds. And of course, we've got inflation coming up as well. Um, and making, making more money requires a decision to do so and a commitment to actually make it. And one thing that we find with business owners, one thing that I found with myself through achieving more things over the last few years is that half of it's actually just making the decision that you want to do it. So if you decide you want to make 10 grand more income, often the decision to do it is can be just as big as actually going away and figuring out how to do it. And we see it all the time with clients where they just want the approval to make the decision and the validation that it's okay to go and do something. And then they're often gone and they achieve things a lot faster um, than, than what they thought it was going to take for, for, for them to achieve them. So just remember how powerful that is that actually making a decision can be the catalyst for you to become committed to making some change. Now, what else is going on? Well, we are seeing an increase in costs of goods and services and assets. You all would have known and read about how house prices keep continuing to rise. Perhaps that'll slow down a little bit next year, but the share market's bubbling away, the housing market's bubbling away, people are buying art, they're buying watches, they're buying digital assets, they're buying cryptocurrencies. So there's plenty of money floating around. And and then costs are rising as well. So we're seeing houses cost more to be built. We're seeing petrol go up. We're seeing food prices increase. And we have this thing called inflation, which is set at about 4.95% at the moment. It basically says that a basket of goods is increasing each year by 5% roughly. So things are becoming more expensive. And if we can't change our income, then we are effectively losing our purchasing power because we've got... The same amount of money but things are more expensive so it's becoming uh, harder for us to buy more because the dollar isn't worth as much as it used to be so we do need to be mindful of inflation and how important that is and basically in a nutshell your money is now worth less than it used to be and you can google new zealand inflation it's going to continue to change but it's the it's the the fastest increase we've seen in inflation for 10 years. So not, a lot of us don't really understand the concept of inflation because we haven't really had to. And we've always been taught for the last decade that as long as it's about 2% and prices are gradually increasing at 2%, then everything's all good and we don't really have to worry. But now that it's sort of sitting around 5%, then you know, we do want to be thinking about it and, and you want to be and so do I. So I'm just going to move this toolbar at the top here. So interest rates are rising. And part of why I wanted to put this webinar together is that interest, um, interest rates are going to increase around the country because we're trying to slow down that rate of inflation. And when I say we, that's the Reserve Bank, and they are trying to decrease the rate at which expenses of goods and services are increasing in price around the country. And the way that they do that is they alter what's called the official cash rate. That eventually flows through to you and I who are paying interest rates at banks. And that means that we've either got less or more money to be able to spend in the economy. So when things were going a little bit pear-shaped for the economy, um, the OCR was getting cut so that the interest rates would be lower for you and I to borrow and buy a home. And then we'd have more money that we could either spend on more houses or other things that we wanted. And that fuels more spending in the economy. Now, fortunately, now we're going the other way. We need to slow it down because there's too much money being spent in the economy. And so interest rates are going to start to go up. So the Reserve Bank data suggests that 227.8 billion in mortgages are either floating uh, or due to roll off 
on the next year. So what that means is they are impacted by that rate increase in the interest rate. So that's going to mean less money in the pockets of those households that need to refix their loans uh, or who are uh, exposed to floating interest rates. So there's, that's about 70% of loans, apparently, 71% loans. So it's going to affect a lot of people in this next 12 months. Now, if we just look at a really simple example, where we say that $600,000 of debt at 2.5% interest rate uh, is $15,000 per year in interest. If all of a sudden we're having to pay 4.5% on, uh, on that debt, we've got to pay $27,000 to the bank in interest. So that's a pay cut to a household of $12,000 a year. So it's not how people are taught to think about it. They just think, okay, well, my mortgage is becoming more expensive, but a good way to look at it is, right, actually, in this next 12 months, whatever your interest rate is going to change to, you're going to lose that amount of income to your household because the interest rate is changing. So what I'd suggest to you is that if you are exposed to interest rate changes, you want to go and work out what's it going to cost you in the following 12 months and beyond that it's not currently costing you so that you can, because that, that could become your target where you decide, right, it's going to cost me an extra $8,000 in interest over the next 12 months. You know what? I'm going to go and try and find another $8,000 out in the marketplace or make $8,000. That could become your target. Your target's up to you. But that's a couple of reasons why we want to be thinking about it. One, interest rates changing, which is going to affect a lot of people. And two, inflation, which affects every single one of us. Now, just some very quick insight into what income levels in New Zealand look like after tax. So I've done these all on after tax and 3% KiwiSaver. So $50,000 after tax is, is just under $40,000 in the hand after you pay tax and KiwiSaver. Then you go to 60, you're looking at 46,346. Up to 70, you're gonna have 52,907 in the hand, right up to 80,000, and you're gonna end up with just under $60,000 in the hand. So Often we can get caught thinking about what our gross income is or what our income is prior to tax, but there's a very easy calculator that you can use online. It's search for it, the paye.net.nz calculator, uh, and you can work out what your after-tax income is, no matter what you end up earning uh, as a gross salary or, or income. So it's worth thinking about that too when you're doing your budgeting and working out how much money you've got. Now, food, travel, fuel, power, healthcare, they're all going up in price. We've touched on that. The average rent in New Zealand can't escape the renters as well. We're having to pay more. Um, it's up by about $30 a week. So that's up 6.5%. So our cost of living is going up at the moment and we're trying to fight back. Now, interest rates are going up as we're talking about. And as loans have got a bigger too, um, these impacts are going to be larger and there's less disposable income for people in, housing, uh, in, in their households. So I guess I want you to think about, is more money a solution? Um, because there's often what we'll do when we earn more money is we'll just change the way we live to match the amount of income we had. And last year, what we saw is that interest rates were going down and most people just kept that money and then they went and spent it into the economy. They went and brought different things that they wanted uh, and then they borrowed against their houses and went and spent more money. You would think that people had spare money that they would go and pay down some of their debt, but it's not what happened. So Think about if you want to make more money or if you want to, to have more money at the end of next year, what are you, what are you actually going to do with it? And that, that's, I think, a really good question to ask yourself when you're doing um, financial planning and all these different things is, how does my life look if I was actually to achieve this? What am I going to do with it? Because often when we get extra money, we don't actually know what to do with it. So you're going to need to think about that. And, and we all are because we're all going to have a different answer to that. So are you going to save it? Are you going to invest it? Are you going to build an emergency fund? Um, are you going to start a business? You know, or are you just going to waste it? And I've definitely been there. I've ended up uh, making more money and then wasting it. It's just part of human nature. We love to basically match our, uh, our spending to the income that we make. And you might also want to consider your time and energy versus your money. Um, a lot of people say, look, I don't, I don't want more money because I don't want to like I'd rather spend the time with my kids or my family. And that's completely fine as well. Like every, everybody's different, right? So you do need to understand what it is that you want. But I would say, don't use that as an excuse. You know, you just want to then do it smarter. So if you can identify that you don't want to spend a whole heap of time 
making extra money, well, then your, your quest is to go down a journey of, well, how could I do it smarter and, and still make some more money without having to spend a lot of time doing it? So you've got to then become more creative. So is there ever enough money? Um, that's a question we all need to ask ourselves as well. And like I said before, we have income creep, whereas our incomes creep up, then our expenses do too, and our lifestyles to do too. And we change the places we go and eat and we eat out more uh, and the money can disappear. So be careful not to go through this process and then just end up in 12 months time with nothing to show for it. Now, do we need to consider tax as a chartered accountant? And an accountant would be pretty rude of me if I didn't suggest that you do want to be thinking about how you're making this extra income there's a difference in new zealand between uh, a hobby and a business so if you sold a few lemon out at the front of your house you're probably not going to have to pay tax on that and it'd be considered a, a hobby if you sold a few things around the house you know that's fine but all of a sudden if you start bringing in consistent income say you started a podcast and you got a sponsor for that and you got paid sponsorship for the next 12 months you know that that would start to look like a business in the eyes of the ird so if you are starting to, to lean towards some of the more businessy side of things, you, you're going to need to ask some questions and get some help um, and just be mindful of what you're doing and whether you need to put some money aside for that. Now, part one is basically setting a target. So this is, this is very, very simple. Um, what, what amount of money do you want at the end of next year that you'd love to just have sitting in a bank account or that would be extra to you? So, we're all going to have a different target that we set and yours might come to being very practical. It could be $500 a month, for instance, a six grand for the year, or it could be, look, I'm going to have to pay another eight grand in interest on my mortgage. Therefore, I'm going to set a target to make $8,000 more. There might be, you know, something that you want to save for and you want to have that stored at the account at the end of next year. It could be that you've got a big Christmas coming up next year and you want to have $3,000 in your bank account by December so that you can go and buy all those presents and not have to worry about the fact that it's coming out of your budget. Um, that's literally going to be different for each of us, but it is very, very important. And so once we have our target, what I think is a, a great thing to do is to chunk it down. And why we want to do that is because once we start to bring a, a target to a more... Uh, accessible and understandable portion for our brain, it becomes easier for us to find solutions of how we're going to do that. So you might say, look, I want $10,000 and more money in the next 12 months. And you're sitting there thinking, well, how am I going to find $10,000 in 12 months? Well, your first thing to do is to stop and go, well, actually, that's $833 per month. What could I do to get an extra $833 per month? And that's going to help you stay on this path so that you're not thinking $10,000 is too unachievable. So to start with, break it down and start working out, okay, what is it per month? What is it per day? What is it per week? Um, what is it per weekend? You know, go through and work out how you can make that, that figure smaller so that your brain can start finding some more creativity around it. Now, you might be doing this as a couple. You could be in a relationship. All of a sudden, you, you know, you decide, right, there's two of us doing this. We've each got to try and find $416.67 per month. So we're trying to find ways that we can slowly make this number more um, accessible to, to our solutions that we're going to come up with. So break the target down into more achievable measurements and start to thinking about start to think about it like that rather than just 10 grand for 12 months. How am I going to find 10 grand? Because otherwise you're probably just going to go and look for 10 grand. And that's great if you can find that solution but not everyone can do it. And that's why so many people buy lotto tickets because we're all hoping for the big win or the big amount in one go. Um, when realistically, if we put in consistent, achievable actions all the time, we're probably gonna end up better off than anyone that wins lotto, whether they'd like to admit it or not, or whether we'd like to admit that to ourselves as well. So start by setting a target and chunking it down. Now, just make sure Ways to make some more money. So this, these next couple of slides are basically very practical things for you to think about. And I've designed them for you to actually go away and brainstorm. You might want to even just do this right now, but they're designed to get you thinking. And these questions are very, very simple. So what have you done in the past to make yourself a bit of extra money? If there's been something you've done previously where you've known, right, I've gone and cut some firewood, for instance, and I made 400 bucks. 
but you want to write down all of those types of things. And it might not be that that's what you're going to go and do, but you're trying to get your brain on the path to what is it that I need to do to help me achieve this target. So now we're starting to get into the solution part of the purpose of this. So we want to be brainstorming, right? What, how, how have I made money? Write as much as you can. Write a list if you've got a list. Um, for some people, you might not have anything at all. So that's obviously going to be a bit harder. But there must be times where you've been given a bit of money or you've sold something and you've made some money um, and those things should start to come to your brain now. So you want to start writing those things down. You might want to take some time and look at like what, what you search, what you watch, what you're on YouTube watching, what you're talking about, what your friends say you're always talking about, what are you fan, fantasizing over, you know, what are you researching? Because there could be some ideas in there. It could be that you could go um and, and help someone in a health store for instance on the weekend because you're always looking up you know how to stay really healthy and you decide actually maybe for me it would be a lot of fun to go work in a supplement store you know i don't know what that is for you but go and have a look at the things that you're searching what you're watching what's what's going on in your youtube because the purpose of doing this part of it is that we're finding things that we actually enjoy doing and often if we enjoy doing something we'll be more willing to stick in it so go and have a look and see See what answers you've got in your history and your search and, and see what maybe you could then go away and do from that. Something else to think about, what are you good at? We don't get told of this enough. I'm certain of it. We all get hardwired from school to look at the things we failed or the things that we weren't very good at and stick to our, you know, improving our weaknesses. I think that's absolute bullshit. And I think it's better for people to actually look at what they're good at and, and try and squeeze that even more. So you know, have a think about that for yourself. What are you good at? What have people told you you're good about, good at in the past? Uh, what do you get told you're good at at work? Are there any answers in there? Is there any more of that that you could be doing? And then, of course, what do you actually do for work? And and not what do you just do for work, but what what does your business that you work for, what does your employer do? You know, where where's the money coming from for them? And often when we get a job, we think, okay, I just have to do my task of jobs and I'll be happy. But all business, and I'll get paid, but all business owners are always looking for another opportunity to get another client. Can you figure out where the clients come from for the business that you work in? Can you go to your boss and say, hey, look, if I could introduce a couple of clients, is there any way that I can get rewarded for that? Um, there's a high chance that a lot of businesses will be paying for marketing spend. And so they might, they might be open to paying you a, a referral fee for you introducing people to your, your workplace if they're ultimately going to make money out of it. It's just we don't get taught these things and often we're not brave enough to ask. So think about what you do for work and what your business that you work for actually does for work as well. And then just what opportunities are around you. And you might, you might be thinking about this already and just seeing that there are opportunities out there. You might say, look, it's summer coming and um, maybe you could you know fill up a chili bin full of cokes and just go and sell them for four times the price they normally are and sell them for eight bucks down at the beach like there's just untold stories of people doing things like that and it sounds so simple but just have a bit of a brainstorm of what opportunities you can see around you as well at all times we're trying to get our brains to to see what the solutions are for us and find them so this is the point of doing these things is to actually engage our brain to start looking for the answers for us and our Brains have got an amazing way to actually find solutions when we really need them. Uh, but we need to do things like this to re remind them that, hey, I need you to go and do some work for me and, and sort this out. What sort of neighborhood do you live in? Well, I'll tell you what sort of neighborhood you live in. You probably live in a lazy one because Kiwis and all people around the world are becoming increasingly more and more lazy. What that means is it gives us an absolute easy chance to make some more money. Because people love convenience and they love saving their time. We are all being conditioned to save our time. So you could get brave enough and you could go around your neighborhood, knock on every door and say, hey, I'll mow your lawns for you for 50 bucks if you want. What do you reckon? There's a high chance they'll probably already have a, um, a lawnmower and you won't even need one. You use theirs. It's whether you want it bad enough. Are you actually willing to go and do that? But There'll be people in your neighborhood that will need things done for them. And if you're a handy type person or you enjoy that stuff, then your brain will start to see opportunities in your neighborhood. And then you'll probably start going a bit further, especially if you end up doing one person's lawns, for instance, or something for one person, 
and then you go to someone else in the neighborhood and said, oh, hey, I've just been over the such and such as I thought I'd come and offer to you because I'd hate to feel like, you know, I wasn't going to offer you any help. And then they'll, you know, they, they might be interested in it as well because it's sort of that monkey see, monkey do type um, behavior as well. Now, what are you scared about selling but you don't want? Most of us, if we look around our homes, we use 20% of the things that we have and 80% of the things that sit in our wardrobes and cupboards, we, we never wear, we never use. So can you go around your house and can you find some things that you really don't need? That, that's a very easy way to break the back of actually just getting some money back into your house quite quickly, especially if it's things you don't need. I'm not a big fan of you know, that only being your solution because it's, it's probably like a little bit too simple and it's not overly sustainable. But often um, we just don't want to list something up on Facebook because we're worried about what people are going to say or what they're going to think about us. But I've got a template for you, which I'll show you in a second of what you can, what you can say and I'll send you it as well. But, you know, there's things that you've got that you just don't need anymore, but someone else needs them. And it's often better for you to get rid of those things because it's one less thing around the house. It's a bit of extra cash for you. And then it's actually going to go to somebody who's going to use it. And we've all got this powerful tool called Facebook that we can use with friends. And, you know, you can post something on there and within a day you could have sold something that you don't need and start getting your, your progress going and going, wow, actually, okay, I, there are things that I can do here. I can get back and control this. So we don't want to be overthinking things. We want to be taking action. And we, like I said before, we want to be writing these things down. If we're seeing these ideas or opportunities, actually taking time to write them down so we can continue to brainstorm. Because this is a 12-month journey, not just a, oh, let's sit down with Luke for an hour tonight and then I'll figure out if he's got the silver bullet of how I'm going to make an extra eight grand next year. If you're thinking like that, it's probably not going to happen for you. So, you know, start thinking about this over a longer time period and actually tuning your brain into finding uh, what those things are and, and you know that's going to start giving yourself some confidence when you actually do start bringing some extra cash in as well another great thing to think about is do you have any friends that have got businesses because like i said before they're probably looking for clients as well and speak to them and ask hey is there any way i can get a referral fee especially if they're in the financial services industry so whether they're in um property whether they're in banking whether they are like mortgage advising for instance kiwi saver insurance you know, a lot of those roles are commission-based and those people will be willing to give you a cut of the commission that they're getting because it's just what they get trained to do. So think about, go through your entire friends list on Facebook and figure out, right, is there any opportunities for me in this? Can I help any of these people? Can I link them up with people? Uh, and could I potentially get rewarded for it? Now, what about a pay rise? So many people are asking for pay rises at the moment and it's something we spoke about with Keep the Change quite a while ago. Um, but there's also non-taxable allowances that are available for people at the moment too who are working from home. Um, and it may be that your employer doesn't know about those or uh, you might not know about them as well. But basically, if you are working from home, there is a little bit of the tax rules that have changed that allows for a non-taxable non allowance. So that means that your employer can sort of reimburse you for some of the expenses you're incurring at home. And that's used for the likes of paying your internet and your power and whatnot. Um, and I can't actually remember what the amount is. It might, might even be up to $15 or $20 per week now. But that's potentially $1,000 that your employer might be willing to pay you. So it's something worth thinking about. Um, and I, I can get you some more information about that as well. It's a little bit technical when you are looking at it all. But... It's worth asking, you know, are we doing anything in that space? Asking your employer. So I've got this more income template here, which I'll just see. Someone just let me know in the chat if that has loaded up uh, all good. I mean, you can definitely see it. And we will start to roll through that. Yeah, cool. Okay, so in here, this is a template of just ideas and, and brainstorming that I've done. Um, and then I've, I've sent over to a few people who have asked for it when they've been asking about um, more income and it's designed to help you break the back. So you're saying, well, yeah, I've got this set of curtains around the house, but I don't know how to sell them. Well, in here we've got, look, I'm thinking about getting rid of insert your item. I just don't use it anymore. Insert the price, who wants it? You know, these things are designed to help you actually take the action and get things done. So 
maybe you want to offer your time. You could put a post up on your social media. I've got some time this weekend. Does anyone know someone with any short-term work they need a hand? Now, here's a, here's a tip for you. If you ask, do you know someone, the reader's going to think of themselves and other people rather than if you say, does anyone need a hand? Because often people will read that and they'll just think about themselves and go, I don't need a hand, I'll carry on. But if you're asking, do they know someone who needs a hand? They're going to be thinking, who do I know that needs a hand? So, you know, a little bit of a tip there. Um, there's some stuff there on temporary renting stuff out. So maybe it could be, you know, room, car, equipment, asset storage, a car park. What have you got that you could be renting out to people that you don't necessarily need to be using? And again, helping out your friends and businesses. There's some more info on that there. There's a whole piece there about property maintenance. Um, you know, people are doing a lot of that at the moment and people, Kiwis love spending money on that. So, you know, that, that might give you some ideas about how you could go about that if you wanted to as well. There's some further suggestions here. So a second job, thinking about ways you made little bits of cash previously and some of the other things that we've already spoken about. Um, this one here you need to be careful of, but it's considering a temporary KiwiSaver contribution. Now, I used this, for instance, years ago when I was in credit card debt and I wanted to increase the amount of money that I had coming in each pay and then pay down my credit card faster because I knew that it was costing me a ridiculous percentage and I really just wanted to kill that credit card and be done with it. So you could consider a temporary KiwiSaver contribution holiday but for me, that's cheating a little bit. That's going to help bring in a bit of extra cash, um, but it's not necessarily going to solve anything for you too long. And then you're going to miss out on all those gains and things that you could be achieving for investing in KiwiSaver. So be very careful doing that and think about whether your IRD information is up to date um, so that you've actually you know, claimed any rebates that you might have. So you might have made donation, um, donations to different charities and things over the year. Have you actually claimed your rebates back and, and got some of that money back, you can go back three years and uh, four years and claim back a rebate, a third of all the donations you've made. So if you haven't done that, you want to look into that as well. Um, now, finally, in this document, your job, do you know how to ask for a pay rise? Now, there's a bit of a system. I've put together a article here for you as well that you might want to have a read around. And it's just got some ideas about how you go about asking for a pay rise. Um, and I've typed this all up for you. And then I've gone away and I've asked a recruiter as well that we have as a client, you know, what, what things are going to be more beneficial. Then I've asked the second recruiter. And then I've asked somebody who has been successful recently in getting a pay rise as well. So that'll give you some things to think about too if you want to go down the route of asking for more money from your employer over the next 12 months. So that'll, uh, that'll get you thinking. There's also a video there that you might want to watch around asking for pay rises. And this is a good hint here to ask for what it takes to get a raise first is smarter than asking for a raise. So you want to find out from your employer, hey, what, what does it actually take to get a pay rise around here? And that can be playing the longer game because you're then going to have to wait and try and deliver on those things. But you know, it's something you want to be thinking about if you don't think you're going to get a pay rise anytime soon. You want to be asking them, hey, what do I need to show you for you to actually pay me more? And they're going to have to tell you and then you're going to be able to hold them accountable to that at some stage now again thinking about what what it is that you do in your job and what your business that you work in actually does you know what what your employer is trying to achieve and thinking about how you might be able to benefit from that too so there's just some ideas in there that i didn't want to run through in complete detail um, but i'll send you that template so that you can use that we'll jump back into these slides hopefully they're showing up i'm sure someone will let me know if not, so basically, right, we, um, we're going to do a bit of brainstorm. So what have you done in the past to make yourself a bit of extra money? What are you good at? What do you do for work? What opportunities can you see around yourself? And then maybe what have you got around the house that you're scared about listing and that you could sell and actually turn a product or, or, or something that you don't need anymore, a pair of shoes? How could you turn that into uh, a bit of cash? I'm just going to let this person into the room. Now, I know some of you might not be uh, brave enough. You might be a bit worried about it, but some of you I know will be. So I'd love at this stage already, if the odd person could just in the chat, you know, let us know what things you've come up with or thought about just through us having this conversation at this stage. And I know that I'm just talking to a, to a camera, but I'm sure some of you will be making notes and, and thinking about what some of the opportunities are that you can see and some of the ways that you could 
bring in a bit of extra cash. And I can see Ryan's going to help me out there and start typing. Uh, that's good. He's, he's finished cooking his steak. Maybe he's going to start selling steaks to his neighbours. But I'd love to know what what things have come to mind for, for you all. So feel free to use the chat. Side Hustle app has some good one-off jobs. There we go. So there'll be a lot of people that wouldn't even know about the Side Hustle app. So I'm sure Emma can chuck some more detail in the chat about that. But that's basically a marketplace for um, different jobs and stuff that you could go and do around your community and, and locally to, to bring in a bit of extra coin uh, listed up by people who need those, those done. So check that out, the Side Hustle app. Uh, side hustle app. Cat says, I have some native trees on my property. I was thinking about selling seedlings. I know there's different types of plants for sale on Marketplace. Awesome. Apparently that area is going nuts at the moment in terms of um, planting stuff around people's houses because people have been home so much more. So definitely something worth looking at. First one for me is casual dogs like driving Uber, Uber Eats, Log. Brilliant, especially in a big city. Putting a post on LinkedIn to find leads to monetize the podcast. There you go, mate. Did uh, try and find a sponsor. So, you know, again, this is going to be different for everyone. Rural delivery service, picking up groceries and other items to deliver to neighbors, definitely convenience. House sitting, love it. I get paid to house sit. Um, That's one of my favorite stories. I, I'm going house sitting um, at, at a beach house this summer. Believe it or not, I've done it for a number of years. I even go there over Christmas and they go away. And I look after their dog. I get their house for the week, sometimes longer. And, um, and they leave money because they're so happy that we take good care of their dogs. So it's, um, yeah, very interesting. There's a couple of good house sitting websites that you can look up if you do want to get into that. Not, not everybody gets paid to do house sitting, um, but something, if you're really good at it, you can probably ask for money. Upwork is a freelance app where you can offer your professional services. If you work in HR, can offer CV and cover to help. Perfect. Great idea. Up work i'm currently growing avocado trees from seeds also going to graft uh, monstera oh i don't even know what that is but uh sounds grunty mechanic that does a lot of overtime and forestry possibly firewood side hustle nice one nice especially heading into the winter small events good stuff um yeah the beauty of like people that have got trade backgrounds and stuff like mechanics and whatnot you can just post on your own social media and say, hey, does anyone need help with X, Y, Z? And you'll find that somebody's out there. You know, business and making more money is just about solving people's problems. So you know, if you can think about how you can solve people's problems, there'll be a way that you can make a dollar out of it. That's literally what all business is. Cool. Thank you so much for those. We will carry on. So your three actions so far to keep it very, very simple, your target um and a calendar reminder which we'll get to that in a second and, and how you're going to make some extra money and then what your next step is so that's the three things that i want you to have been thinking about so far and if you can write those three things down you've basically already got a plan and i think ryan's given us a good example for instance he's probably set his target and then he's thought about how he's going to make some extra cash and so maybe getting some leads from his podcast or a sponsorship for his podcast and his next step is to post on LinkedIn to see if anyone actually wants to do that. You know, and that, that's literally what it takes. I've got an event that I'm hosting in January next year. I've got half the tickets sold. I still need to sell those. I've got work to do, you know? So my target, although it's not about what's well, effectively turns into money because people come, but it's a target of, okay, I've got 400 tickets still to sell. And I then, what's my next step? You know, I, I need to keep, I need, to, I need to start emailing about it. I need to draw, bring awareness to it. And I actually need to sell some of those tickets. So I'm sending out emails, I'm posting, I'm reminding people, I'm asking people whether they're going to come, whether they've thought about it, whether they've got their tickets or not, uh, friends and different people and different groups. So, you know, this doesn't stop for, for all of us. It's, it's just, you know, set targets, then what do we do? What's the next step? And, and then go and take that action. So. There you go. Hopefully by now you've got your target and thought about that and then how you're going to make some extra income and then you know actually what your next step is that you need to go and take. Now, tracking your progress. This is so critical and this is something that we should be doing more of. I think all of us, you know, you think about New Year's resolutions. It's very good and easy to set New Year's resolutions, for instance, and targets, and then it's all over. Uh, we completely forget. So I've 
I got sick of that happening. So I've built in another couple of processes that helped me to come back to it. Now, I want you to set up a system and a reminder. And we're going to do this now because it's nice and simple. We're going to set a calendar reminder at the end of every month. And I've called one here, month end process, FFF. So that was from a um, five-figure formula, which is part of a webinar that I did for Keep and Change last year. But this pops up on my calendar every single month. And it pings me a notification being like, have you done this process? And, and it reminds me, shit, either I'm sticking to this or I've completely forgotten. And humans, we're so busy. So we, we forget things all the time. So it's very, very simple to basically just give ourselves reminders that are gonna bring this back to the front of our mind and, and say to our brain, hey, switch back on. Like, I've, we, what are we doing here? Did we, did we make any money this month? Did we, did we take any action? Do we need to put something on social media? Do we need to sell something? Can we, you know, can we go back through this process? Can we get, do some more brainstorming? So set up a calendar reminder somehow, whether you use your phone or Google Calendar or whatever it is that you use to remind you every month about this. And we're going to just set it recurring each month. Now, I want you to track as well the money that you actually make because humans love progress. And you would have heard me talk about that through Keep the Change a lot. But if we're actually tracking and keep an eye on how much money we're making, then we're starting to then layer on top of this process of, right, am I making any progress? Um, if not, why not? If so, what was working well? What didn't work well? Two great questions to ask yourself all the time. What's working well? What's not working well? But it's going to show us each month, right, that I'm, you know, if maybe I've got 200. Then by February, I've did another 200 in um, uh, January and February. So now I've got, I've got $400 of extra income. I sold, what did I do in January? I sold a pair of shoes. Um, then I sold you know, three basketballs that are sitting around the place or a tennis racket that I never use or clear, clear the shit out or, you know, so you're actually starting to, to build a pattern of, of results and progress. The other thing you could think about doing is doing this with somebody else. So actually telling somebody, hey, um, you know, I just want to be upfront with you and tell you that I'm going to try and store and make $10,000 more, whatever it is that your target is next, next year. Um, can you hold me accountable to it? And invite them into your calendar invite and get them to ask you at the end of each month, hey, what have you done about this? So giving yourself an accountability buddy and actually getting someone that's going to hold you accountable could be the thing that's been missing for you to actually achieve your goals. You might think, oh, it sounds pretty full on, but that's exactly what people pay a personal trainer for. I perform and train completely differently with my personal trainer than when I go and do the workout that he sets for me the following time. It's just, you know, it's just the magic of accountability. Um, and I don't think we've been taught enough about it and how important it is. So if you can wrap some accountability into this process, then good idea. Set a phone reminder. How will I earn more? So this isn't a calendar reminder. This is a phone reminder on an iPhone, for instance. It, it, this, they can ping you. Um, a, a reminder and mine mine's got two right now some of these have been set from years ago one of the things that i've wanted to do is actually get better at public speaking and so i wrote a reminder to myself well how are you going to get better at speaking and it just pops up on my phone in the most random times and it just reminds my brain and it sort of stops me and goes like right am i actually doing anything to get better at speaking so for you, it could be, how will I earn more money? Um, and you're just trying to create a reminder back to yourself to pull yourself back on task. And it can be very, very powerful, but you might want to apply this to other areas of your life as well. But it seems so simple, but I guarantee you that if you implement a few of these things and actually every month sit down and, and do these things, you will start to notice the progress that you're making that we'll just start becoming a lot more simple. And a lot of people who quit on the news resolutions and things like that, you know, they, they won't do these things. They will, they will by, by about February or March, they'll be, oh, I'll wait till 2023 to set some, some New Year's resolutions again next year. Now, just some further tracking tips. Um, just tally it up like month to month. Set yourself some homework to do that. Maybe take five to 15 minutes. It's really up to you, but set that calendar reminder. And feel free to drop me an email too. I love hearing feedback from what people are doing within the community of Keep the Change and it's great stuff. So, you know, who, who can you share this with and who can you celebrate the progress with as well? It's really, really good for us to celebrate progress that we're making. 
So don't avoid doing that because it's very, very healthy and it rewards your brain. So, you know, celebrate the fact that you might've stepped up for the first time and sold something on your Facebook and you didn't even know it was possible and, and make sure that you're actually stoked with what you've done. I just said to here as well, what, what if you fall off the wagon? Well, shit happens, right? Like there'll probably be months where you just won't do anything or you completely forget or you get bogged down with other things. And we all have that feeling where we just go, where, where did July go? Or where did June go? And that's fine. But don't let one month be the reason for you to completely stop because that's just how life goes. And it's sometimes we're just flying and, and it's just easy and we can't believe we weren't doing this faster. And then other times it's just everything's against us. So we've got to try and bring ourselves back to the process and rely on that rather than, okay, I had a bad month. That means I'm probably going to quit because it's just, you know, you're still just going to stay where you are if you decide to, to take that attitude anyway. So take ownership for it. Now, what are you going to do with the money? We spoke about this briefly at the start, but you know, this can be intoxicating for some people having more money, especially if you start to bring in a little bit, you know, more than what you actually need. So be, be very careful and be very deliberate from the outset of what you actually do with this cash, whether you'll give it to a family member, for instance, or whether you will store it in a term deposit so you can't touch it. It might be out of sight, out of mind. You might invest it into your shares account or um, you might invest it into some deal that one of your friends has got going on or, or who knows, you know, you, you'll know whether you can trust yourself with that money, but be very deliberate from the start of what you do because you will find that the money will come into your account and, and it'll disappear, it'll go somewhere. So be very deliberate from the start, right? This, this money is completely separate and see if you can store it or you know whatever the purpose of you doing this is. Perhaps it is just to have some extra spending money and that's fine then, but maybe for you, it's about stacking an emergency fund so that, if you did lose your job, you could get away with not working for 30 days and you know, well, I've actually got two weeks of my rent covered. I've got two weeks of my food bill there as well. And who knows what that's going to do for your confidence come 12 months time when you're sitting there looking at an emergency fund going, right, you know, I'm, I'm in a pretty good place here. So you know, this, this could give you a lot of confidence and that could be life-changing. It could be more worthwhile than actually saving the money uh, or, or making the money anyway. So perhaps for you, it might be paying down some debt or covering the extra interest payments on your mortgage that we spoke about at the start too. Now, very, very quickly, like a bit of a tough conversation, but I don't feel like this conversation has had enough, but, you know, new income for us right now, we're thinking about how, how can we get some new income into the place? Because a lot of us, perhaps we're in jobs. So our, our income could potentially be capped because we get told, well, you're going to earn X amount per hour, you're going to earn X amount per year, and we need to accept that therefore my income is capped. So where can I find income outside of my job? You might decide that actually, do you want to get into a sales job? Yeah, this is sort of thinking a bit further down the track as well. You know, do you still, do, do you want to get into a sales job where maybe it's based on commission and then your, your income level can change over time? And... That's why a lot of people gravitate towards real estate when the housing market's going nuts because they can see their ability to earn income is just crazy compared to their current job. So this is, again, thinking over the next you know, 10 years of your life, for instance, do you want to keep just trying to bring some extra cash in year to year? Those are great skills to have. Or do you want to change the vehicle that you're driving and therefore how much income that can actually help you arrive at in terms of a destination? Is your job forever going to be capped in terms of the amount you can make? Uh, maybe you want to bolt on a side hustle. Can it actually make a profit? There's a big difference between having a side hustle that's, you know, a bit of fun, but doesn't actually really make any money and chews up a lot of your time and takes you away from your family and ends up upsetting everyone versus something that actually, you know, drops out some profit each, each, um, each month and each week. And it's, it's very deliberate as to why you're doing it. I've got a great client who's turned a, a lawn mowing hobby into a full-blown business with equipment and vehicles and um, contract staff when he needs it. So, you know, don't overlook simple solutions and, and how easy a side hustle can actually turn into something quite large if you're really solving problems for people. Now, self-employment, of course, you know, you, you are the cat. The harder you work and the more you work and the, the more problems you solve, then you start to become your roadblock to how much you can actually make. But I just wanted to put that in there because I 
think it's something that we don't really talk too much about um, in New Zealand. And I don't know, you know if it's something you've thought about, but it could be good for you to think about over the summer of where you're really going and what sort of income levels you want and, and how you're actually going to achieve those long term. Because like I said in the email out, you know, there's no silver bullets. And that probably turned a lot of people off from coming to this webinar because they thought, oh, I'm just hoping that you know, Luke might have some magic answers. But unfortunately, we've all got to put the work in. Now, to start to wrap up, what do we learn? Well, you can make more money. Everyone can. I think I've shown you a number of different ways there. We are, I've made it very simple as to how you could actually make money. The, the challenge is, are you willing to go away and, and do the work to be able to do it for yourself? Can you find something that's going to be enjoyable for you to do to be able to bring some extra cash in? And we know how important this is now to then keep this front of mind. So setting up a reminder so that we actually keep coming back to it and turning our brain on to looking for the new solutions. And this webinar could be the thing that switches your brain on to actually change the way um, you're thinking and just think, right, where, where, you know, where could I pick some money up from? What could I be doing to do that? And you know, it's not about being greedy or anything. It's just going to be about whatever it is for you in terms of the purpose of you to do this so you know if some of your mates start giving you stick about oh you're always posting things you're trying to sell on facebook or whatever just cop it you know just cop it for a bit and go through it because we don't really want the ten thousand dollars or whatever it is the target that you've set you, you want what you can do with it and you want to know that you can actually do it and you want the confidence that making an extra ten thousand dollars or four thousand or two thousand dollars brings to you and that, that's going to be worth more to you in the long term than actually having that money as well, because there's a very interesting change in your um, perception of yourself and your confidence levels when you realize that you can actually go out there and make a bit of extra money by doing different things. So perhaps it's not actually the money you want, perhaps it's just the confidence and the ability to go back and rinse and repeat that process throughout the following years as well, and actually go and try different things and, and then start to ask for pay rises and then they all start to snowball together and all of a sudden you're in a, a different uh, space of your life so a little bit of a bonus here what's going to stop you we see this all the time with business owners we basically work through the things that are going to stop them before they leave our office and then go and sit down and think i don't want to do this but ultimately they've got huge accountability back to us so not too, too many of them do but these are just some of the common things that we see yeah, they might not have a very important why. So you want to be thinking about why is it that you want to do this? If you're about to knock on someone's door and ask them if they can, if you can mow their lawns, you know, but your those butterflies take over and you decide you're going to turn back and walk back home and this is stupid, you want to start thinking about your why. You know, what what is the purpose of this? Why is it you want to do this? Maybe it's to, you know, think about what the future state is, whether it's to have that emergency fund or to be able to pay for something for the children or give them a present that, they, that you never had or something that's going to drive you. Do you want to be a victim or a victor? So you were seeing me posting about this on social media, but do you want to feel like the world's against you or do you want to feel like you're against the world and uh, you can you can conquer anything you have a crack at? What's the worst thing someone can say to us if uh, we knock on their door and they don't want us to mow off their lawns? They're probably going to tell us to fuck off and then we'll just cruise to the next litter box and walk up that driveway as well. So. Don't, uh, don't just, just quit on it too easy. Maybe you just can't be bothered. We all feel like that at times, but again, go back to number one. Well, why did you turn up here tonight? You know, you must be, there must be something in you that actually wants to, to achieve more and you've got that desire. And there'll be people that will watch this replay as well. And you know, that, that will hold true. There'll be people that, you know, that they will want uh, more from their life. And think about that when you feel like you can't be bothered or you're tired. Um, you might even think, oh, I won't do it this month. I'll catch up next month. Well, then next month goes as well. So just be careful that you don't get caught in that trap of actually, oh, I'll do it again in another date. That's why we're setting that calendar reminder as well to keep bringing ourselves back to it. Again, you don't want, maybe you just don't want it bad enough. Um, and that, that can be hard for a lot of people to learn, but I dare say that if you've hung in there this long on this webinar, you probably do. So you've, you've got a thing, you just need to figure out how to bring it out um and chase a little bit of that potential you might be scared of posting or knocking or asking like i said something on social media or going next door to a neighbor or something but just get over it and remove the emotion usually that's just because we're worried about what people are going to think about us and that's where nerves come from um that's what pressure is we're just 
worried that people are going to think we're dicks and we're going to make a dick of ourselves. And that's just pure human behavior. And once you can see that, that that's your ultimate, the only thing that you're really worried about is, is what someone thinks about you and slowly get over that, uh, it's going to be a lot easier. So that's why I say remove the emotion. Can you make this transactional? And, and if they don't want it, hey, no, that's all good. You know, no worries. Just, yeah, that's, that's completely fine. Right. To wrap this up, have you got a target and a calendar reminder? Those are two things hopefully you've set and, and put in place already. Do you have one or two ways that you can bolt on some income? We're going to stick around and talk about some more too. Uh, if people want to, I'll put themselves and have a, have a chat, no worries. Did you set up a calendar reminder and put reminders around the place? You might even want to put some post-it notes around the place, just some green post-it notes or something in places where you see them and it just reminds you i was taught i was trying to learn better a physio taught me i think it's one of the best things i've been taught in my life and she said to me oh luke if you want to learn to breathe better through your nose um go and buy a pack of stickers and just put those stickers places where you go on the tv in the car and when you see those those stickers it reminds you to start breathing better and breathing through your nose um, and i've used that throughout my life in so many different instances and it's not just about the breathing but to actually remind myself and how powerful that was it's a, such a great concept so use that to your advantage who are you going to tell about this is there anybody you can bring in give some account um, give yourself some accountability with and then you're thinking about why are you doing this and just chuck them there too you know have you reviewed your KiwiSaver? perhaps you don't need to be the one making your income um you might still be in a really balanced or boring KiwiSaver fund, but yet you're not going to use your KiwiSaver for 40 years until when you retire. You know, have you actually thought about your KiwiSaver and could that be earning more money for you? Sure, maybe you're not going to get access to that anytime soon, um, but it could be earning you some more money too. So that's just something else for, for you to be thinking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about there, feel free to drop me a line. Um, you know, Adam's often helping people in the Keep the Change community understand KiwiSaver better, but you, know, you do want to make sure that you've got yours optimized for where you are going. Same thing with your mortgage too. Make sure you're getting some good advice around that. Righto, Q&A. Any questions to finish? I think I had another slide there type too. You know, you can tell us if you're brave enough, what things are you going to go do in the next couple of days to start getting some momentum on this? Ask any questions. I can see there's a few uh, questions in the chat there remember that motivation will only take you so far discipline and habits are the key that's why we're talking about those um calendar reminders for instance and you know the responsibility is yours so make sure you stay on top of that all right so I'm just going to go through some of these uh cool questions in the chat here cool I've done the calendar reminders good stuff i started a spreadsheet in august and i can see the improvements in my financial position in the last few months so december might not be budget much but getting in more debt it's not improving my finances yeah but i'm not getting yeah awesome so you can start to see through those calendar reminders and actually taking some time to look at the stuff what progress you're making and then start changing things as well clifford says thanks luke why lots of great ideas had to shoot off awesome not a problem at all thank you so much lots of food for thought and actually much appreciated also take your mouth when you sleep there we go that's a ripper uh thanks luke i need to watch this again i'm slowly improving every month and have ideas that i didn't hear last time good stuff well done thanks so much for talking taking time out to provide so much knowledge for us yeah, i appreciate it well wow, that's awesome it means a lot thank you luke really appreciate your insight uh what amount of money do you need to make before you have to start paying tax yeah good question what amount of money do you need to make before you start uh having to think about paying tax so really it comes down to what you're doing so say you're just selling things around the house then that's, that's not a business, that's not taxable. Um, but if you're doing something consistently where you're, say, um, raising plants and then selling, you know, $1,000 of them every month for even like $500 a month, you've got a bit of a business going on, then you will need to think about it. And that's probably a whole nother webinar, but basically you can claim the costs of those things too. So say you might get into the business of firewood and you're actually pulling in a thousand dollars in firewood sales a month. You probably want to be declaring that as income of your personal tax return or, or however you've got it set up. And then you claim the expenses. So maybe you have petrol to run the chainsaw and um, you've had to hire a um, trailer so that you could go and drop off all of that wood and those types of things. 
So that, that's where it becomes a bit more like a business. But um, if anyone does get stuck with that, you know, then feel free to get in touch and I can maybe do a podcast on it or something to answer some of those questions in a bit more detail as well. Kat says, I've got items to sell in the house. One year ago, we took our furniture to get carpet installed. My office is now full of furniture we haven't used for a year. There you go. There you go. That's uh, typical. You should see my wardrobe. I swear I probably wear the same, yeah, easily the, the 20% of clothes and the other 80 I might wear once a year, but what can you get rid of that you really don't need? Mindset is the key. So stoked to hear it more and more. Awesome. That's a great point. As is proud of you, mate. That's a good mate of mine. Keep up the good work. Thank you, mates, as always. Gemma, hi, Luke. Sincere thanks for that. It's great. You talked at the start about the number of people with mortgages that need to be fixed in the next 12 months. Do you have advice for how long people should be fixing um, in terms of 24, 36 longer, splitting the loan with different fixing rates? Gemma, that's not really my space, so I, like, I have an opinion on that, but um, I would say check out you know, a mortgage advisor if you don't have one, even drop Mikey a message um, if you've seen him through some of the content or even Jamie, um, he's a good mortgage advisor up here as well. Yeah, if you, if you want to drop me an email, I can do an introduction. I'd be happy to have a chat to you. But yeah, I think yeah, I won't even give an opinion on that because it's just uh, depending on when people watch this, it could be, yeah, it just could be irrelevant. Evan says, cheers, Luke. This has been a good way for me to procrastinate doing portal audit life. That's the real audit New Zealand stuff right there. Good stuff. Then you should probably still be working if you're an auditor. It's only bloody 804. Get back to, get back to the desk. Uh, Angela, thank you. You have helped me so much since I found your podcast. Awesome. Fabulous. Thanks. One idea 10,000 divided by eight because 1,250 rock wellings to sell. We'll check out. Yeah, wicked. So you've broken it down even further. So Jennifer must be selling rock melon for $8. So she's saying, how many rock melon does it actually take to sell? This is literally an exercise that we do with clients when they work backwards as to like how much profit they want to make or how much extra money they want to make. And then we work out, okay, what are you? What do you actually make per thing that you sell or service that you offer? And then we work out, well, how many of those goods or services do we need to sell to be able to do that? So Jennifer's selling, that she needs to sell 1,250 rock melon to sell. We'll check out how much watermelon goes for too. So what you do there then too, Ryan says, Legend Luke, heaps of value, no problem, mate. Um, you know, you want to think, okay, do you then want to sell 1,250 rock melon to 1,250 people? Or who's got... The bigger like who's the bigger lead source is something i teach clients like who's going to buy 125 rock melon you know what about a sports team on a saturday do they want some rock melon go and tell them how good it is for their athletes at halftime or whatever all of a sudden they're buying 10 of them and you're slowly chunking it down even faster so again now that's where the brain starts getting creative and starts trying to solve these things for you Daryl says cheers look always informative looking forward not a problem not a problem at all uh, yeah, feel free to jump off if you want. I'll um, I've recorded this, so I'll, I'll get a recording to everybody, especially if you came in a little bit late. And I know that not everyone can tune in at seven o'clock. So, yeah, I guess, you know, like I said, there's no silver bullets here. And I hope that that hasn't wasted uh, anyone's time where you were hoping for, for something that we didn't cover. But I'm always open to ideas for content and suggest uh, suggestions as well. And you know, I can turn some of those things into podcasts as well. Heather, someone sent me this question accidentally. Do you stake your crypto in Celsius? Um, I do some of my crypto that I have, and that earns me money each week, um, which is pretty cool because it's effectively then paying some of my expenses. And there's obviously risk associated with that, and there's obviously risk associated with cryptocurrency. Um, but yeah, I've posted about that previously about using Celsius and you know, it's crypto that I'll hold on to for a long time. So yeah, that, that's been quite good um, because it's at quite a high rate. But obviously there's risk with that too. I like finding and investing my spare money in shares that pay good dividends because they're bringing more money into my uh, household income as such each year. Eventually I've got a goal to have enough invested that it pays for my rent for the entire year through dividends. So then I'm not thinking about that I pay my rent because a lot of people say, oh, why pay rent? You're just paying someone else's mortgage. But I've changed my mindset to understand that if I can invest enough over time, that the way I look at paying my rent is that I'm not actually paying it, that the companies that I've invested in have paid my rent for me. 
So that's how I'm going to break the back of, uh, of thinking about that. Um, but that's not for everybody. And you know, one day I'll probably buy a house, but just um, something while we're on there. So yeah, I look for companies that I can invest into that pay a dividend um, because I want extra money coming in to help pay down some of the, my rent and, and other bills that I have as well. So that might be a value to some people to think about is to Google New Zealand companies that pay a good dividend and there should be a list of that's where it becomes ranked from sort of highest yield to, to lowest and that might make up part of your strategy as well. Right, I'll see if anybody else sends anything through, otherwise I will uh, wrap this up for us. Cats is a great presentation. I've got some good action points to work on. Thanks Luke, we'd love to have a webinar on how to start using shares and hash. I missed a small amount monthly. I haven't actually invested yet. Oh, okay, I missed a small amount monthly. I haven't actually invested yet. Well, you must have if you invested a small amount monthly. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, I see you've deposited, but you haven't, you haven't actually picked. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that can often be that barrier, right, of actually thinking, right, where do I want to um, put this money in? You know, I could probably do a whole webinar on this and have to be careful with how much depth I go into of that too, just with different rules and stuff. But I often just think about what things do I know about and what things am I comfortable with? And then I can, um, you know, accept that if maybe, you know, it, it it doesn't go as well as I thought it was, then I'm going to learn something from it. So I'm not just taking my mate's message who's like, oh, mate, you should buy these shares. And I do, and they go down 20% and I end up pissed off thinking, you know, what, what was I doing? Why, you know, why didn't I put in some work of my own? Or why didn't I stick to um, a property business or a bank or, or whatever it is that you might be more familiar with in an area of the economy or market that you understand? But yeah, it can be very daunting. I know that shares is, you, know, you have to think, Sharesies are trying to solve this problem, for instance, right? Because they're trying to get everybody investing. So they're doing a stack of content to help encourage people to understand where to potentially invest. So maybe check out all of their podcasts. I'm going to be honest, I haven't listened to any of them, uh, but I have heard from people that they are really good and they interview CEOs of different businesses. So you can learn a lot about business and through, through those. And that's sort of the part, the reason of investing as well, is so that you do start to understand different areas of how the economy works and investing in companies and things like that and what things those CEOs are thinking about so they're not just, you know, big bad people when we see them on the TV that get overpaid or whatever we've been taught growing up. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me tonight. Good to see some, um, yeah, some unfamiliar faces here and, yeah, some that I've seen before as well. Um, it's a pretty big week for me work-wise, so I wanted to squeeze this in, um, but yeah, am mindful that it's such a busy time of the year, so I didn't want to go too deep and um, you know, in, make sure that when you see that you're here for sort of two hours, so I thought aim for about an hour, and hopefully that's enough to get you thinking about it, and maybe we could do a follow-up partway through next year and see how everyone's getting on and just give everyone a bit more, uh, bit more energy to, to carry on with but so all the best if you do have a crack and I'd love to, to hear some of your stories throughout the year as well. You never know who they're going to inspire too. So feel free to, to email those over. Uh, I try to reply to absolutely everybody that does. I've got a goal to have keep the change at a hundred thousand people. So I know one day I'm not going to be able to reply to people, which is going to suck. Um, but currently I can. So um, make, make the most of that whilst, um, whilst that's there. All right. I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your nights. Take care and enjoy your, your Christmas. And, you know, if you've had a tough year, then make sure you take some time to, to look after uh, yourself and, and refresh yourself as well and, and, and your family and whanau.